0: Well, before Steve comes up, I just want to give a word of introduction as we've tried to do each time. If, uh, if you're visiting with us, we are especially uh, welcoming you and thank you so much. This isn't our usual. Uh, We usually are going verse by verse through a book, currently Mark, Uh, but this year we've gone through nine marks of a healthy church, and this is the 10th mark. Tina, this is not in the book. Tina's already given me that look like, I don't think I read that chapter, Uh, but we as a church have wanted to come together to ask the question, what is a church that most glorifies God? in an era where churches often are not trying to glorify God. And we've looked at nine marks, uh, marks being different traits of a church. Uh, Back in January, we went through the mark of preaching, that a a gospel-centered church preaches the Bible unapologetically. We preach it because it's God's Word. That's what we're here to do. The second mark is theology. We have to know what we believe. It matters what you believe. Uh, If you want a hamburger and you tell them a hamburger and they give you a cow and say, go eat a hamburger, it's probably not going to be what you asked for. You need to know what you want and what you believe and what you don't want and what you don't believe. Thirdly, the gospel. What is the gospel? It it really matters. There's a Mormon gospel, a Jehovah's witness gospel, a Muslim gospel, but there's also the one and only biblical gospel. That's the third mark of a church that gets that. Fourth, how do you get saved? Conversion. What's it mean that you're saved? What's it mean that you truly are saved? And can you know that? And we said, yes, you can. At a church that believes that, holds that dear. The fifth one is evangelism. And John Moody, we got him off the back row. If you know the running joke, he sits in the back corner every week. We got him to preach one Sunday, and he moved up to the second row before he came up to the front. So, by God's grace. Number six is um, uh, church membership that membership should be taken seriously, that you should be faithful to attend the church you hold your membership at because that is a one another passage that leads to each other. The seventh was a tough one, church discipline. Ooh. Get in the principal's office. This is the this was High Attendance Sunday in July, let me tell you. Brother Derek preached through this. It's a tough passage, but it's necessary. Number eight, and we kind of flip flop these, but Brother Jeff preached on this just about three or four weeks ago about discipleship, about being a disciple, growing and making disciples, going out into the world. And in August, we preached through the ninth, which was biblical leadership pastors and deacons and how that affects the church. And this morning, specifically deacons. And I put two asterisks by it because it's Steve. He always has an asterisk by his life because you never know what he's going to do. So, uh, Brother Steve, thank you for uh, for bringing that up. Question comes up each month, and we want to try and answer this. Well, well, Pastor, aren't you the one who's supposed to lead us in this? Yes, in a way. This is a special year. We've asked nine men From our church to lead this and own these topics to study them to make sure these aren't just pulled out of a hat these are real things in the bible so thank you church for the grace to sit and hear and allow men in our church to lead as they should and praise god we have multiple men who can stand up here any given Sunday and preach the word of God unapologetically, lovingly, and boldly. Amen as well. And I do want to share with you before we go, uh, many of you have been praying for this, but when we preached on evangelism back in April, uh, back in May rather, uh, we challenged the church to share the gospel. And I just want to say, praise God for this. If if you're not a Christian, this may seem weird. We're not here to count numbers or, or put notches in the belt, but we do pray for everyone would hear the gospel of Christ. And as of this morning, we are 50%. We've shared the gospel as a church 263 times since May 1st. Amen? God is good. Pray for that fruit. And as we come today, as Steve comes, Steve, why don't you come on up, brother? As Steve comes, Steve will be sharing the gospel in a different way. He'll be sharing about how to serve in these things. But you pray as you hear God's word that you just don't hear it, but you apply it to your life as well. Brother, where'd you go? You're... You're like the KU football team. We never know where you're going to be. That's right. Or is that Missouri? Sorry. Bad sports joke already. Let me pray with you, brother. (laughs) Pray for Missouri. Amen. Father God, we just thank you so much, your brother Steve. Lord, there's so much to be uh, just grateful for. I know when we talked about this way back in the winter of this past year, January, February, his eyes were as wide as the Grand Canyon. But, Lord, uh, through patient study, through through just submitting himself to your spirit and your leading, he's here to show us the word. Father, open hearts this morning. Thank you for my brother. This, I know this is not his usual cup of tea. It's it's out of the ordinary for him. But Father, thank you that through those who often don't speak as often, that you can bring great joy and bring great uh, hum- humility and great humbleness to us all. Thank you, Lord. We pray for your, your word to speak to our hearts through your spirit. Be with our brother. In Jesus' name, amen. Am
1: I on? Okay. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. Darren says the time i got to beat is 22 minutes, so I'm going to shoot for the moon. Go for 23. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you for letting me give the message today. Even though I'm not worthy, let it be your words they hear. In your names, we pray. Today, we're going to talk about why it's important for a healthy church to have deacons as well as we're going to talk about it's important to serve in your church as a fellow Christian, a follower of Christ. Why does a church need deacons? Well, Luke tells us the first deacons were selected in the book of Acts. Let's talk about what led up to this. The disciples were traveling and sharing with the masses of people and it was working. The people would come out on the streets, hoping that Peter's shadow would pass over them and be healed. Could you imagine that today? It would The crowd that it would bring, they would be one post on Facebook away from chaos. <laughs> then the apostles were arrested and freed by an angel. They were prohibited from teaching, but they still continued to teach and obeying God. and not the law of men, who forbade them to teach. And they continued to make disciples. Luke writes in Acts 6, 1-3, through 3, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists rose against the Hebrews, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it Is it not right that we should... Give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. So why did they select these men? The church was growing. And the important work of preaching the gospel was getting lost in the shuffle. The disciples needed to help serve the people. One way needed one way they needed to serve them was to help church, protect church harmony ephesians 4 11 through 13 says so Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Church splits often happen because of disagreements and unhappiness. In the story of Acts, the Hellenists and the Hebrews were also complaining about which language to speak during Pentecost. Deacons have the responsibility to maintain teach harmony in the church in today's church we're not likely to be arguing about language barriers just for instance this isn't happening just for instance a silly example would be if patsy didn't like the treats that irene was bringing on sunday morning <laughs> patsy would go to her deacon and talk it over with her deacon and not go to her pastor or her elder. Now her deacon isn't gonna arrange a fight out in the parking lot between the two. At least let's hope not. (laughs) Patsy would go to her deacon and discuss it with her deacon and her deacon would help her come to a biblical resolution. Church members should ch- seek their deacons to help me- mediate between disagreements between believers that they have not been able to come to an agreement on their own. Next, deacons are there to help provide for the needy. need for deacons came from the needs of the people. Ch- churches are supposed to meet the needs of their me- members. Acts 20, 28 says, take careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the holy spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of which he obtained with his own blood the heart of a deacon should be those that want to serve everyone who needs them there's a story about a young man who was dirty stinking and dressed in rags he came into the sanctuary just as the Sunday morning worship began. And he looked for a seat. No one was willing to to sit by them. And they shifted their bodies to fill the pews so he could find no seat. At least, last, he sat down on the floor in front of the sanctuary, centered on the aisle which he had walked down. An elderly deacon, who had been watching from his seat, near the back of of the church, slowly stood up and made his way down the aisle. It was obvious the congregation was pleased with what they had saw. This long-time and highly respected deacon was going to do something about this filthy man at the front of their church. When the deacon got to the front, he slowly got down and sat beside the young man, shook his hand, prayed with him, and acted like he had found a long-lost friend. Since deacons are called to meet the needs of people, they should do so faithfully so the pastor can do what he is called to do. Pastors have a built-in desire to minister to every member of the church, but that is not usually possible for one man, even when that one man is Darren Smith. (laughs) Deacons are there to support the pastor and elders. When the deacons are keeping the peace and meeting the needs of the people, the pastor then has time to spend in the Word and deliver a powerful message from God on Sunday. Whether it takes us to the fourth quarter of the game or not, that won't happen today. I know they start at 720. (laughs) When deacons are present in the church, the pastor also is able to mentor and disciple those who are in need with their calling God as well. He is able to do this by spending time alone with God by himself in prayer, something that he may not have time enough to do without help from the deacons. The bottom line is deacons are servants here to serve the people in the name of Jesus Christ so that the pastors and the elders can go about the business of teaching the gospel. So why does a deacon serve? Don't they have anything better to do? Don't they have a life? Don't they have a wife and children that need them at home? What about video games, fantasy football leagues, season deacons? <laughs> Although a deacon should be a good example of a servant, we are all called to serve in one way or another. For example, I was at the store the other day when I was at the meat counter. A dog come up to the meat counter put his paw up on the glass at the brats. The butcher said, brats? The dog shook his head yes. He said, how many? He barked twice. So he put him in a bag. He went on down the counter, went over to the pork chops, put his paw on the other glass. I said, He said, pork chops? Dog shook his head yes. He said, how many? He barked three times. He bagged that up, and he said, anything else? The dog shook his head no. So the dog went around the counter, and he said, got the money out of a purse that he had wrapped around his neck, give the dog the bag, and the dog walked out of the store. Well, you know, I had to follow the dog to see where the dog was going to go. So he walked down the street, and he got home, he scratched on the door, and the lady knocked, uh, opened the door and let him in. I couldn't let this go, so I went up there. <laughs> I went to the door, and I knocked on the door. The lady goes, yes. I said, you have got to have the smartest dog I've ever seen. She goes, well, he's not that smart. That's the second time this week he forgot his key. (laughs) So if a dog can serve, we can all serve. (laughs) You don't have to be perfect to serve God either. The Bible describes several different qualifications to be a deacon. None of them... Are to be a perfect person. Thank God, or I would not be, wouldn't be standing here today. Just ask my mom or my sister; they could tell you how perfect I am not. And don't ask Judy. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> Deacons, First Timothy three eight says, Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double tongued not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain, they must hold the ministry, uh, mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them be also tested first, then let them serve as deacons. If they prove themselves blameless, their wives likewise, they must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let, each, let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their ho- own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So basically, Scripture tells, says deacons must not be liars. They must be faithful to their wife, one wife. They must not be addicted to much money or alcohol. They must have a clear con- understanding of the gospel, and be blameless in church conflict. Likewise, our wives are to be honest, sober, and faithful. Together, they are to ri- raise their children and manage their households well. A deacon must always strive to meet the qualifications in the scripture in order to be a good servant of all the people. Again, it doesn't mean a deacon is to be perfect or even a better person than anyone else. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't say in parentheses, except deacons. What does it mean? What it mean does mean is that in order to serve the people well, you we cannot be distracted by our own addictions and messy life. You're not you can, can't help someone else on their journey if you can't find your own map. So while, deacons, while a deacon is not called to be perfect, he is called to be ready to and able to serve. So what if you didn't answer God's call? Well, when God calls, you answer the phone. Whether you are called to be a deacon or serve in a WANA, or the preschool or mow the yard, we must be obedient to God's call in our lives. One of the best men I've known in my life was Deacon Richard Harlan. Richard served a life of service. He served his country by signing into the army. He served his family. He served his community as a youth friend at Maplewood Elementary for years, and he served as a deacon. Richard answered the phone. As the body of Christ, we must serve each other. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. We all have different gifts for a reason. A church that serves is a church, church that lives. If we stop serving each other and the community, the church will die and the job of making disciples like the apostles did in Acts become less effective. And the people die without knowing there was a Savior waiting for them who loved them. Jesus Christ himself was the greatest servant of all. In the book of John 13, we see one example of how Jesus served his disciples by washing their feet. John 13:12 through 14 says, "When he had washed their feet and put on his on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right for I am I, for I if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet" You also ought to wash one another's feet. A little while ago I told you my mom was here. My dad met my mom, June, when I was just a teenager. She has loved us. All continuously and served us. (laughs) So today I'm gonna serve her and I'm gonna wash her feet. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh. well, me, <laughs> 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 me too. <laughs> Glad you didn't wear those today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't forget my night with my marks on. This my where Steph has to help. Oh,
2: Bill had a stroke, and so many of you in the church know where Steve's parents and his dad had a stroke. The kids drove in Kansas City RP's girlfriend in person and I had to take Bill back to Denver. And at the door of the hospital, Jeff met us. His family was there. Steve called him and he said, Is there any way we can get to the hospital? We're on our way and they're gonna get there before us because you guys have to come So this man met us at the door and I said, he said, Do you remember me? And I said, I was a mess, and he said, my name's Jeff, and I'm from County Baptist. And I said, oh, okay, well, what are you doing here? Well, Steve called me and said, can I come and stay with you till he got there? And so he did, showed us where to go, got us our name peg, because I've no clue how to do any of this, I was a mess. And so were the rest of us. And then the next day, we went downstairs to the chapel in the hospital to pray. And they had Bill pretty well. He couldn't talk. He couldn't. He wasn't conscious. So Steve's like, we're all down there praying, and he's praying with us. And then some other people came in, and Steve said, you guys go back up." I said, let's go so these people can, you know, have some private. You guys go on back upstairs. He said, since Dad doesn't know, you know, he's not awake. He's not knowing what's going on. He said, do you all care if I stay down here and I'll just pray, pray with all the people that come in and I'll help them? All right. So <laughs> and he went up to the pulpit in the in the chapel and prayed with David that came in. So you guys do good work. <laughs> All right, now you gotta help me down.
1: Who is Jesus calling you to serve? Whose feet can you wash? Jesus' ultimate sacrifice of service was shown on the cross. Matthew 20, 28 says, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. If you are here today and you want to talk more about Jesus, the sacrifice he made for you, or just need someone to pray with you this morning, Darren and I will be down front while the praise team sings for us. Let's pray. pray. Father, thank you for serving us and loving us despite ourselves. Help us to be the servants you want us to be. For you said if anyone would want to be first, he would be last of all and servant of all. In your name we pray. Amen.